Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I am your host, Brad Betke, and this is episode 24 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. I'm back with the five, but on a different scale. I'm back on my feet, just like I tripped and failed. I'm secretly bending all the scrolls of secrecy. I frequently murder these rhythms evenly. I balance decency under weather. My parents, they help me build up the Thank you guys again so much for coming back for another episode. I appreciate it. And let's go ahead and jump right into it. The NBA playoffs are in full effect. The drama is at peak. And so is the basketball. There is so many good things going on. As I've told you 50 million times, this is some of the best basketball that you will see. The entertainment factor is at an all-time high. It's the most fun I've had watching playoff games in years. So go ahead. Let's talk about where we're at in the playoffs. We are currently in the in the matchups of the conference semifinals. Your current matchups are Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks. The series is 2-0 Phoenix. The next you have Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. Series tied at 1 and 1. Next you got Miami Heat and Philadelphia 76ers. Miami's up 2-0 and the Milwaukee Bucks Versus the Boston Celtics series tied at one. Now, real quick, before I go into more detail about those series, I just want to go over my personal predictions for how the series are going to turn out solely based on what we've seen through the first two games. I'm not talking about the last series against the last teams or what they did during the regular season. I'm talking about what I saw in the first two games for each team and how I think that will affect the remainder of the series. So first up, Phoenix and Dallas. Um, the competition, it's there, but it isn't. The scores aren't super separated, but you can genuinely tell why Phoenix is the better team, and I'll get into more detail about all the teams and why I think they're the better team or the worst team, whatever it may be. But I personally have Phoenix winning this series in five I think that Dallas will give them one real good game and they put a one up on that series number. But other than that, I think Phoenix takes them five games. Next, I have Golden State and Memphis. This one is a little harder for me because we all know about Golden State and what they're capable of when they're doing well, but... That's not necessarily the case right now. Like I said, I'll get into more detail. So I have Memphis winning in either six or seven games. I'm leaning a little more towards seven games just because Golden State is still Golden State. So I'm going to go ahead and say Memphis in seven. How's that? Next up, I have the Miami Heat and Philadelphia 76ers. Embiid is a really big factor here, man. So, I'll make it real quick. I think Miami sweeps Philly 4-0. And then lastly, Milwaukee and Boston. I think Boston wins in seven. So now I'm going to go ahead and go into each series and basically go into more detail and break down why I feel the way I do about certain teams and why I think that they're succeeding or not succeeding. So starting with the first series, Phoenix and Dallas. 
I think one of Dallas's biggest struggles right now is the fact that Luka Doncic is leading them in all four major categories. Points, assists, rebounds, and blocks. That is not okay. I understand that as a roster, the depth is not quite there, but to have a player leading you in four categories shows that you are an incomplete team. You are missing pieces. And that, in my opinion, is why they're going to lose in five games. I think Luka is the only reason that they win one game out of this series and that Phoenix takes the rest. Luka's doing as much as he can. He's very young. He's very talented, but he's very young. He's not as experienced with these playoff games as we know from the past. So I really genuinely do believe that one of Dallas's strongest struggles, unfortunately, is that he's leading in every category. That's not a good sign. And I'm aware that Jalen Brunson is capable of bigger things than what he's doing. But when he's not the starter putting up 40 minutes and he's the primary, you know, ball carrier, so on and so forth, I can understand how he's going to put up 40 like he did last series. But that's not the case now. He's averaging 11 points per game this series. That's just not enough. You know, they the Dallas needs more assistance than Luka Doncic. So, I think that's one of Dallas's biggest struggles, and I personally think it'll stay that way. Now, on the contrary, a reason that I think Phoenix has been doing so well is because you break down their shooting percentages from the field as a team for the, throughout the first two games in this series. They are above league average in every single spot on the court, shooting from the top of the three-point line, both corners, all of the mid-range, and all of the paint. Their shooting percentages are above league average in every single one of those spots. That's elite basketball. There is not another team in the playoffs right now doing that. Every team is either meeting league average or below it. So I genuinely do feel that Phoenix is going to win this series with flying colors for that sole purpose that they are leading, they are above league average in every single shooting spot on the court, and that right there is the definition of success. Dallas has some extreme struggles when it comes to their mid-range shooting and their paint shooting. They are above league average in their three-point area, but everything inside of that is right about or just below the league average. And obviously, yes, they may be playing decent basketball, but the biggest problem is when you're playing a team that's averaging the above league average in shooting percentage all around the court, you need to pick it up. You got to match the, the fire. And I just personally don't do not think that Dallas has that in them. They don't have the talent. They don't have the resources. They don't have the drive to make that happen. And that's why I feel like Phoenix is going to sw- borderline sweep them. Moving on to the next series, Golden State Warriors in Memphis. Now, this has been one of the most intriguing series out of the four here, just based on the drama that's been attached to it. Game one. I don't know how many people are going to agree with me on this, but the refing in that game was freaking terrible. I didn't see the whole game, but I saw good portions of it, and a lot of professional athletes and celebrities were tweeting about it, and even just people in general talking about how poor the refing was, and that we can't figure out how Memphis still managed to lose, even with the refs on their side. So... 
that game was rough. And then game two, obviously, Memphis was able to take it. Ja dropped 40-some points, had an absolute game, unbelievable. That kid is unreal. He's got a fire in his chest burning. Something about Ja Morant that I just love, man. He's got that dog in him. That dog, like he just, he wants that win so bad. And he's giving Golden State a hard, a hell of a time. Him and Memphis in general, you know, I love John Morant, man. Just, just solely based on his drive to succeed. There are not many people in the league like him. John Morant is averaging almost double the points per game as Golden State's point leader, Jordan Poole, who's averaging about 20.5. John Morant's averaging 40.5 points per game this series. Dude's a monster. Golden State. Now, we know the Warriors as one of the best shooting teams in the country and in, in the league. And this is something that I touched on two weeks ago in the episode talking about how you give me a healthy Golden State, they're the best team in the, in the league, and they can't be countered. Nobody can go shot for shot with them. Well, there's a reason that they're not leading in, this, in the series without a loss yet, and that's because of their shooting struggles. Despite who they are, they are shooting. their shooting percentages are below league average in all but the right corner from three. I'm sorry, from the whole court, except for the right corner. So the only part of the court they're shooting above league average and they're only shooting three for six at that is from the right corner of the field. A lot of people are not going to want to hear the next thing I'm about to say. But Curry is the main culprit. Stephen Curry, the greatest three-point shooter of all time, in two games is eight for 23 from three. That's unacceptable. I'm getting real tired lately seeing all this Stephen Curry is the undisputed best point guard of all time. Hell no. Because the best anything of all time would never go 8 for 23 from what he's known for. He's known as the best three-point shooter in league history. I agree with that. But what the hell is this, Stephen? 8 for 23? What are you doing? That's horrible. That is horrible. That's what I would expect from like a center, like Brooke Lopez or something. And low key, Brooke Lopez is strapped from three. So that don't even, that's not even a good analogy. Andre Drummond. I would expect eight for 23 from Andre Drummond or something like that. The best shooter of all time in playoffs? Unacceptable. That's straight up. It's not, oh, he made a mistake. He's done better. He'll be all right. No, this is unacceptable behavior. We've got to fix this, Stefan. I'm telling you right now, you guys, the reason I have Memphis winning this series is because of that. And it's not just Curry that's struggling, but he's a main reason that the team is struggling from the field because the threes alone, eight for 23. Get out of here. What even is that? Draymond Green could shoot better from the field from three-point than that. That's ridiculous. So, if they don't figure that one out, Memphis is winning that series. And I stand by that every time. If they clean it up and Curry finds his rhythm, Golden State can win it. But right now, I'm taking Memphis in seven. 
There's a fire in John Morant and that Memphis Grizzly team that the Golden State Warriors just don't have right now. Now, real quick, I just want to touch on something that went on in that series. Um, there was a really dirty play between Dylan Brooks on Memphis on Gary Payton. That's just not something that can happen in the league. I, I don't think that what I saw should be unpunished. I mean, the league is built for professionalism. It's built for people with class. It's supposed to be played at a certain level of respect. And what Dylan Brooks did is just unacceptable. It's just not okay. I, if I had any say in it, suspended for next season. Or at least, like, the first 20 games. That's, like, it's so uncalled for. It was so out of his way to do what he did. And yet he still did it. To hurt a player like Gary Payton or any player in general, like, this is their job. Think about if you went to job, you went to work one day, and then in the middle of work, a coworker walked up and just poured coffee on your PC, like your computer. That's just uncalled for. It's not necessary. It it takes the professionalism out of the whole thing. And it's just it's 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 not something that should be allowed to to happen in the league and I do not think that that action should go unpunished and I do think that there should be some serious action taken taken here to prevent any future problems because there could be some serious injuries to come from that type of behavior so I'm just touch on that get it out the way it frustrates the hell out of me because it's not what I it's not what basketball is about it's not what sports are about and that's not something that I want to be able to, anybody wants to see, and especially anybody wants to be a part of. So that's just my opinion on that. Moving on to the next series. You got Miami Heat and 76ers. I don't know what's going on here, man. I'm aware that Joel Embiid is out. He's got that injury, you know, concussion and everything and the head injury and Best of luck to him. Fast recovery. Man is one of the best players in the league. Ain't seen anything like him in who knows how long. Very unique talent. But there is enough talent on the Sixers to put up a fight. We need to be seeing more out of James Harden. Where is this, quote, best offensive threat ever, end quote, that I hear so much about. This man is averaging 18, 7, and 6. How about, no, you are James Harden. I'm sick and tired of people sitting in my ear talking about he's the best offensive player to ever play the game. Nobody like him. He's done things like this too often. I understand my personal opinion, KD, Kevin Durant, is the most is the biggest threat on offense in the NBA. And I understand his struggles in the, in the in the previous series against Boston. But that is one of the rare occasions that he's produced those kind of numbers, if you will. James Harden has been notorious for these kind of numbers ever since he left Houston. He had a handful of good games in Brooklyn. Where when Kyrie and Kevin Durant were injured and he would drop 45, 12, and 11, 
that's the Harden we need to be seeing here because it's the Harden that I was told so much about in Houston. It's the Harden that I was told so much about in his early days in Brooklyn. So where the hell is he now? And that's a question for anybody who feels the way they do about him. If you then genuinely believe that Harden is a better offensive player than Kevin Durant, please talk to me. I want to hear how you could possibly defend somebody like this who's it's he's been in the league long enough so it's not that he's inexperienced he's been in the playoffs many times we've known for him to have a clutch factor so that isn't it what's the problem here i want to know i want someone who who believes that james harden is the best offensive threat ever to tell me what's going on here because i can't figure it out i can't seem to understand the same thing that you understand so clearly there's something you see that i don't and i would like you to tell me so please don't hesitate. You know how to reach me. Thank you. Moving on to Milwaukee and Boston. Something I find kind of interesting that shows, that speaks a lot on how these teams play basketball. In the first two games, neither of the teams are averaging over 100 points per game. They're both averaging, I think, 99 and 97 or 96, I believe, are the two. I think that's really interesting because obviously we know these teams to be primarily defensive teams, especially Boston, but Milwaukee, you look at players like Giannis and Brooke Lopez and especially Drew Holiday, like they're also a defensive team. And I personally think that's why they won last year. So I think this is the most entertaining series yet because they really got to get creative with how they're scoring because they have elite defenders in front of them. And that's what makes it that much more fun to watch is you get to watch these plays come together and you don't see players just chucking up shots. <clears throat> Curry. <clears throat> um, and you get to really see like how how creative and out of the box these players start playing and thinking. And it's it's really entertaining. It's 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 exactly what I watch these games for. And it's exactly why I think everybody else should be, too. Something else I find interesting, each team is struggling from different areas on the field. Milwaukee struggles from three-point, which I can kind of understand considering their primary three-point shooter, uh, Chris Middleton, has been injured. And Boston struggles in the paint, which I can also kind of understand because they don't necessarily have as much paint presence as a team like Milwaukee with somebody like Giannis. Boston has Al Horford and a little bit of Jason Tatum, but... Jason Tatum is best known for his threes in mid-range. He's, he's a great shot creator in that aspect. I personally, I feel like that we need to be seeing more defensive productivity out of our defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. There are four players on the Celtics team averaging better defensive stats than Marcus Smart. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve the DPOY trophy. He had a fantastic season and definitely deserves it. But if that's what you're going to do for the entire season, it needs to hold up in the moments that it matters. I can understand why you could be potentially having a hard time. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that Pat Connaughton is going to give you buckets after you just won the Defensive Player of the Year, I don't think something is right. Something needs to change. You're the Defensive Player of the Year. Pat Connaughton should not be putting up 16 on you. It's unacceptable. You are known this year as the best defensive player in the NBA. So show me that. I want to see Defensive Player of the Year basketball. 
There should not be four other players on your team alone. We're not even talking about players on the bucket, uh, the Bucks as well. Four players on your team alone averaging better defensive stats than you. Do better. That's what you are going. You are here to do. Now you're somebody that puts up on a good night. 15 points so that's not what they're going to get out of you you're here primarily for your defensive capabilities you're lucky that you have other players on your team that are able to able to provide the defensive stability that they need but they need your help that's why you're here you were the defensive player of the year prove it that's all i'm asking i definitely think that there could be more we could be seeing out of him for sure but overall my favorite series so far, just based on, like I said earlier, the shot creativity and it's real smash mouth basketball. As my friends play 2K would know, smash mouth basketball. Overall, guys, I've been telling you for weeks and weeks now that this is going to be some of the best basketball you're going to see in I don't know if y'all are not listening or what it is, but I'm right. This is some of the best basketball I've seen in a long time. It's very entertaining. It's good stuff, and I'm feeding off of it. If you can't tell, this is some of the best energy I've had in an episode in a long time because it gets me excited, and that's not just something that I'm producing. That's something that these games are producing. I watch them. I get involved with them. I don't even. My favorite team isn't even playing in them, but I feel like I'm a part of the game. I feel like I'm drawn to it. I'm attached to it. I'm addicted to it. It's insane. It's great basketball. It's great for sports. I'm so excited for the games to come to see how the series ends coming up to the conference finals and the NBA finals. I genuinely cannot sit here and tell y'all a team that I believe can win it all right now. Maybe Phoenix, but they would have to go through some serious hoops to get there. Something else I want to touch on before we wrap things up here is the NHL playoffs started just this last weekend, and I think the matchups that you have here are quite entertaining. There is no bad team in these playoffs. If you looked at the way these teams played throughout the season, you would agree with me. Every single team that is in the playoffs definitely belongs here, and there's an incredible amount of quality hockey being played here. Um, I'm really excited for what's to come in terms of the games. There's a lot of good stuff going on. So I'm just real quick going to go over what teams are playing what teams and exactly what the series, uh, the series are at right now. So looking at it right now, you have my favorite matchup just because of my favorite team playing against the team of the state that I live in, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Game 1, Toronto Maple Leafs routed the Lightning 5 to 0 and then last night, uh Wednesday evening, the Lightning won 5 to 3 against the Maple Leafs. So it's already off to a great start, 1-1 series. I love it. Some very heavy offensive hockey happening here, and I'm excited for the few games to come. Another good series, you have the LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. Series is also tied at 1-1. Looking at another, the Colorado Avalanche and the Nashville Predators. Colorado's up 1-0. They are also playing a game as I'm recording this episode, and Avalanche is up 1-0. 
Another series, you have the Calgary Flames playing the Dallas Stars. Calgary's up one to zero. Another game happening as I'm recording early in the first. It's early in the first period. Game just recently started. Score is still zero zero. The Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues series tied at one. This is a real gritty series. I'm, I've enjoyed watching it. Some good stuff happening there. The Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins. Carolina leads 2-0, and I couldn't be happier for the sole purpose that I hate Brad Marchand. He is one of the worst things for sports in general. I hate him. He's a rat. He plays like a little son of a... I just don't like the guy. He's dirty. He's not good for the sport and sports in general. So I very much hope that the Hurricanes sweep the Bruins as they're already halfway there. Great. Thanks. Moving on. The New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins series is tied at one. That's another one that's really entertaining to watch as uh, the teams play very differently. Rangers are a, a heavy defensive team. Penguins are a heavy offensive team. So it's they kind of counter each other in a way, and it makes it very fun to watch. Then you have the Florida Panthers and the Washington Capitals. The series is tied at 1-1 as a game... Just ended as I speak. The Panthers beat the Capitals 5-1. to And I apologize, the Rangers and Penguins series is also tied at 1-1. Another game that happened today, Rangers won 5-2. And that about wraps it up for the series for the NHL playoffs. It's really early in the playoffs. As you can tell, it's the first round, and they've only all played two games, and not even all of them have finished them. There is some good stuff to come. There's a lot of good teams here. Every single team that's in here has made a case as to why they belong. And I think that hockey is only going to get better and more entertaining as the, the playoffs go on. And it's going to get real rowdy. And I'm going to get into it for sure, definitely. And I know more about basketball and the playoffs that are going on right now. So I would say that that's why I'm a little more excited and into that. I would say, I just don't know as much about like players and stats with the hockey. And so how they did in the regular season, just because I've been keeping a little more track of the NBA stats and everything, considering it's probably the second most popular sport in professional sports right now is basketball. So overall, you guys playoffs on playoffs going on. Absolutely love it. Great content coming for weeks to come. That'll be it for this week's episode. You know what I'm about to say. Hit us up on the socials. Make sure you listen to it, share it, and spread the love. I will see you guys next week for episode 25. Peace out. I'm back with the five, but on a different scale. I'm back on my feet, just like I tripped and fell. I'm secretly bending all the scrolls of secrecy. I frequently murder these rhythms evenly. I balance decency. Underweather, my parents, they helped me build up the toughest feather. Watching power book wine glass laying on Tuscan leather. When I pop, family gon' benefit it. Trying to convert the Drake style, squeeze in a pinch of Kendrick. High class music, upper scale, and I remain on. In touch with my partners who be struggling and invade home. The seeds that I grew turn to trees. And it's funny, cuz now I be that nigga in club sections with shades on. I'm popping my shit, watch while I demonstrate. Vegas strip body debating how many pills to take. My mind is like a jungle, I really know how I feel to break. Told my little cousin I'll turn this burger in the steak. I made a path and a promise. I'm reaching high pedestals when I go back and polish. Making my music meaningful, beneficial, symbolic. And I changed my whole lifestyle with me.